Are you ready to get this episode started? Absolutely. Let's begin. Hey, 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 backloggers. We're back with yet another episode of our Backlog Bingo Brunch. I'm Mathman1024, as always, and I'm joined by the man up north, not quite in Canada, Takeda. Nate, how are you doing today? Good morning, eh? It's a beautiful one out there, and then I just got off the ice and uh, hanging out in my ice shanty while I caught a few fish for dinner tonight. Eh? It's, it's, see, I can't tell if you are being serious or joking because it <laughs> totally seems like something that you would do. Yeah, you, some good old ice fishing. You know, you just got to adapt. So if if we go to Canada sometimes, and when we go up there, you know, you, you fit in. That way, you don't stand out. And, well, and, so, yeah, you got to speak the language unless you end up going to Quebec. In which case, well, you better oh, know Quebec your French. Wall. Yeah, Quebec wall, Missouri. Yes, I, I do. When we go up there, that you do stand out. <laughs> I'm more. I, we go. We went to um, Ottawa a few years ago for a hockey game, and I remember parking in the parking garage. And when the lady that was running the gate asked us where we saw our Vermont license plates, and she's like, "Oh, the, you guys have good cheese there." And we're like, "Actually, we have a block of cabbage cheddar in our car." And we gave her a block of cheddar, and she gave us free parking for the day. So we bartered in cheese, which is hilarious. And I remember you saying that you you liked the cheese. That one time we were talking. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do. However, after the last doctor appointment that I went to and getting the blood work back and my cholesterol was high, I guess I'm going to be cutting back on the cheese. Is that so, a contributing factor to cholesterol? I didn't even know. Uh, well, saturated fat. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so like one, one ounce serving of cheese is like eight grams of fat, but five grams of saturated fat. So we've been eating a lot of cheese. So I'm just trying to cut back. So this week when I was having, say, taco soup, I'm not putting cheese on it now. Mm. It's still fine. It's so I'm just going to have to, I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to have to say fine, no. It's still fine, he says. <laughs> I'm just going to have to say no to a lot more things so that I can get my cholesterol down in addition to the, you know, the medicine that I am now taking for that, so. I guess I've reached that stage in life. Oh yeah, we're there. But, I'm, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that making a few changes in my diet and with the medicine that the next time that I get blood work done, it'll be a lot better. Yeah, they, if you stick to what they tell you, it usually will change. The problem is a lot of people will tell the doctor they'll make the change, and then as time gets further away from your appointment, you're like, ah, just one. And then one turns to two, and now you're back to eating blocks of cheese again. Because oh, oh, cheese is so good. There is. was this. Um, I think it was at. I think it was at Costco. It was like you know this aged cheddar, like 15 months or 18 months aged cheddar in this, you know, you know wax container. And so we bought some of the stuff for my father-in-law because we got him a charcuterie board. And man, that was some good cheese. <laughs> you broke but, into it early. 
You're like, yeah, he won't miss a few slices. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, okay. when he made the, he, no, we gave him the charcuterie board and all this other stuff, and so he, you know, put out a spread. Like, oh, this is good. You know, but earlier this week, uh, we made pizzas, and normally I put pepperoni on there, and I looked at the nutrition facts, and I went, that's a lot of saturated fat. So for the first time in a very long time, I'm having pizza with no pepperoni. Uh, I mean, what's no, the point? Well, well, I did have ham and turkey, which didn't have saturated fat. Okay. And I put mushrooms and uh, tomatoes. So, I am a I'm a notorious non-vegetable eater in my house. I I don't like them. I I, I like them sometimes. Like we had, uh, there are these kind of already prepared meals. You just have to like basically warm it up. Um, like a broccoli beef stir fry, at least something that you know, it's it's paleo. It's it's gluten free, so we're good with that. And I decided to add in a can of baby corn and a, a bag of frozen uh, like stir-fry veggies. So it had more broccoli and water chestnuts and carrots. And like, all right, you know what? I'm adding some more veggies, so I'm not adding bad stuff. It was really good. Enjoyed that yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, just adapt kind of your your diet and eventually you get used to it. Yeah, I mean, like we got used to eating gluten-free, which was like super difficult at the beginning. But do you have a gluten allergy or is it someone in your family? I, I think, I think probably like gluten uh, sensitivity issues just because we've, so we've been doing gluten free for right about 11 years now. That's when my son got his diagnosis. So oh, yeah. I think the only person in my family who doesn't, who doesn't adhere to a very strict diet that way is my older son. He doesn't bother checking. I don't think that he really cares too much. So no, he's a kid. He's 19. It's hard <laughs> to say he's a kid, but I guess he is a kid. Some states but, are trying to push um, for the legal adult age to be 20 because their kids are, you know, I think I was a kid when I was 24, 25. I mean, I wasn't concerned with long-term health and well-being or making um, responsible adult decisions all the time. Yeah, I... And I've had so many students that have come through my classroom and like, oh, you're, you're 30 and you are still trying to get your life together, trying to figure out what you should be doing and making responsible decisions. And it just blows my mind because, you know, I got married when I was 21. Wow. And, you know, my wife was, she was a few months away from being 21, but yeah, we've just been old souls for just a very, very long time. And that's part of our generation too, is just, you know, it was get out of, get out of high school, go to college for four years and then start your life. But if you think if you go to college for four years, you're 21, 22, I mean, you're still a baby comparatively. I mean, older generations, maybe not, but you know, like my dad was uh, one of 14 kids on a farm. So he grew up really fast and had me when he was like, had me when he was 18, but that was normal, you know, and small town life. And I had my only child when I was 37 and uh, I'm glad I waited because I'm just more financially stable where if I was 25, 26 with kids, I would be pounding her off to grandma all the time so I could go out and do fun things. And now I think I'm more of an actual active participating dad than I would have been, you know, 15 years ago. So there's some benefits to being older when you get started. I was never the kind of person to go out and do the quote unquote fun things you know, fun things for me was spending time with my wife. 
yeah. you know, if I go somewhere, I, like I want to be with her. Yep. You know, I want to, you know, go to the movies with the, with her, you know, walk, you know, walk around the mall with her. It's like when we were first married, we lived in San Antonio and there were so many times that we would get like, you know, buy one, get one free tickets to go see the Spurs. So we would Ooh, do that. That sounds fun. We would park downtown at this parking garage that was like centrally located between the mall and the Alamo Dome. And we'd get there after it's like, like going on a, on a Friday. So didn't have really any classes. It's like maybe something early Friday morning. Go downtown. We'd, you know, catch uh, a late lunch or an early supper, walk around the Riverwalk, walk past the Alamo, um, maybe walk through the mall, and then we just go to the Spurs game. And it was it was great. We went to, I don't know how many games were just a the, couple of years that we were living there. Were those the Tim Duncan days? They were. Uh, it was also, um, I'm trying to think. Tony Parker? Right. So Tony Parker... Um, he he was there a year before Ginobili. I can't remember if Ginobili was there when oof, I can't remember. But yeah, I remember seeing like a preseason game with Tony Parker and one of the ushers saying, Yeah, Tony Parker kid, he's gonna be something, man. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah. And there was one like because we were getting like these points or whatever to go to the games. Um we got like a, a free perk, which was, you know, to go I think after the game to, you know, meet one of the Spurs or whatever. And it was really just getting like a five by seven glossy signed by them. But it was like Bruce Bowen and Tony Parker. That's cool. And it's like, all right. and I actually found them, uh, I think last year, like I still have those. So yeah, that was, it was just good fun. So that, that to me was fun going to bars and clubs. That was never, that was never me. Right. So I, I would say, you know, the night I met my wife, uh, I actually, wanted to stay home and play i think it was test drive unlimited or something back then (laughs) and uh my friends forced me to go because i wasn't much to go out either i would on occasion maybe once a month but most of the time i was home playing xbox or you know gamecube or whatever i had at the time living with my roommates but if i wouldn't have gone out that night who knows where i'd be today so but i agree with that i like doing things with my wife too when you say living in san antonio i wish that's the one bad thing about Vermont is that there's not a lot of close sports and I'm kind of a sports guy. I I like going to live events. They're just, you know, it's cool to be there and, you know, be with the people and and see the production of it all. I I wish, you know, I am envious of that. I always want to move when I retire to like a city that has multiple sporting teams that I could go watch. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Tennessee and back then there were zero professional sports teams. Right now they've got, the Grizzlies, they've got the Titans, and I think they even have a with the Predators. So yep. Nashville, you know, has a couple of franchises, but for us, okay, well, who are you going to root for? Well, let's see. Geographically, the Cardinals are the closest baseball team, so we'll root for the Cardinals. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I think my dad lived in St. Louis for like I don't know five or six months when he was a small, small kid. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, there are. The professional sports teams here, but I don't, I'm not going to go see it because it's right. going to be too expensive for me to go. And it's just easier for me to fall asleep watching them here. Yeah. The cost has gotten crazy. Yeah. I mean, but back again, when we were in San Antonio, that was 20 years ago. Right. It, it, 
we could go the two of us for like maybe 30 or $40. So it wasn't really breaking the bank for us to go. We could get you know fairly decent seats. And then again, you were in the Alamo dome and of course it was a much larger arena than like the standard, like 18 to 20 plus thousand. You could hold like 35,000, especially if they opened up that third level. So like when I graduated um, college, the people that came in, we all went to the Spurs, it was like Spurs versus the Utah Jazz. And we we're up on the third level. Nobody else was around us and we were at midcourt. So we we're up really high, but you could see everything. It was yeah. Great. Yeah. You can almost, it's more, you see more of the strategy of it as opposed to the individual players. You see how they kind of move on the court. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I mean, aside from like professional sports, give me some good, you know, college sports, like, you know, college football or basketball. So, but you, again, you're in Vermont. So you, you'd have to drive through a few States to get to like some big division one schools. And we have a, the atmosphere is really huge. We have division one um, basketball and hockey at UVM university of Vermont. And um, our hockey team is sometimes nationally ranked and, We've been in March Madness a few times because the America East Conference is, you know, it's all Northeastern teams. So the competition's a little low. So we always get in as like a 16 <laughs> seed. We actually, we had an upset in like 2005 against Syracuse in the first round and made it to the 32 round, which was kind nice. of like a big thing around here. But I took my daughter to UVM um, women's game last, last Saturday. It was a great experience. I mean, they're really good and there's some tall girls out there and they play hard and are diving on the floor and and she got to see that but then she saw the cheerleader dancers and she's like wow dad can i do that like no i want you to be a basketball player and she's like no i want to dance and i'm like if that's what you want to do but yeah i also like the the women's sports i feel like there's a lot of times a bit more there's a special kind of passion with that they may not have as many people in the in the stands but um like the people that go there are like true dedicated fans of of the team yep and so that's that's always um it's always been a good a good experience there those girls can shoot too i was i was impressed watching them warm up i mean they don't miss they're just as good i, th- I think that the men's game gets more media attention maybe but they play hard and physical and uh there's some really talented players it was kind of fun to watch yeah all right, so what's been your favorite thing since the last time we met? Uh, playing games wise, let's see. Or anything, anything, just just life in general. Um, we don't have to. It doesn't have to be just games. Although people are going like they're not talking about games. I'm turning you off. Well, that's if you listen to most podcasts, they always start off with, you know, talking about stuff that doesn't pertain to games. Um, yeah, I mean. Working a lot. I think my daughter playing basketball has been pretty fun. Um, but Until she transitions to cheerleading. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, if that's what she wants to do, I, I support her no matter what. I'm always learning new things through her, too, because things that I normally wouldn't have even participated in and, you know, getting out there with her and meeting parents and different kinds of people that I might not have never met without having her around. I've met some really cool people. I met a a guy who's a professor at um, a college, his daughter is friends with mine and he teaches um, like environmental science and stuff like that. Maybe somebody I would have never crossed paths with, but we actually became, have become pretty good friends. And I found out he's, he snowboards. And so we're going to try to snowboard sometime together, 
but uh yeah and then playing a lot i play a lot of games so on the nights it's kind of like fun to relax it's like my wind down time and everyone gets up early in this house but me so i can stay up later i probably get those hour or two every night and i've been playing you know working on the on the backlog that's good um i'm trying very hard not to spend money this year Uh, the same we'll see how well that works out you You bought infinite wealth with points right i sure did so that was i think i redeemed Seventy thousand points, so I could get that game. You're gonna have to show me the trick because I play a lot on the Xbox, and I have like two thousand in like a year. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, it's not just playing the games; it's you know going to your Microsoft account on the web browser and doing the Bing searches and doing the other little tasks that they have there. Um, they, so I got to work for it. Well, yeah, so you can get like 150 points a day just by doing, well, if, are you, uh, do you have Game Pass? Yep. Okay, so if you're like Game Pass Ultimate, you know, you can get up to 150 points a day by doing web searches. Now, it used to be that you could just do them, you know, one route after the other and, you know, knock them out in just a couple minutes. Then they nerfed that, and so they would only let you do like three or four searches um, every 15 minutes. But now they have kind of unnerfed it, but still nerfed it so that you can get your 150 and you get five points for each search. So you can get your 150, but you just have to like wait a few seconds. So like I've got several tabs open. So I do a search in one, you know, make sure that it has my points, go to the next tab, wait to like a count of five or 10, do another search. And so just knock them all out in one go. You know, make sure you play like a, a PC game pass game and play the like the bejeweled game in their xbox app and you can easily get you know 300 points a day wow and so if you do that for you know a whole month you're looking at about nine thousand points close to ten thousand if you do other perks and stuff and so you're getting about it's you know ten dollars in store credit right there a month that's definitely yeah. definitely worth it i'll have to look into it a little more i, mean, I feel it, like it i used like a bit to do of, it yeah, it, it takes a bit of time to do that. And I didn't know that I should have been doing that this whole time. So I thought it was just like, just the stuff by playing games on the Xbox. So I was stuck at like eight or 9,000 points forever. And then last year I had 140,000 points. <laughs> you are a savage. <laughs> well, I'm like, it's just there. It's just part of my daily routine. Yeah, exactly. And you got a system. So when I get like a, a thousand point bonus um, at the end of last month, because there are, daily challenges and weekly challenges and some of it's just play a game on like the daily challenge is or daily quest i think they call it is play a game on game pass okay earn an achievement okay so those are my dailies okay well i should be able to do that i can play a game and hopefully i can earn an achievement and doing enough of those along with some of the, the weekly quests and you just kind of you know building to get more and more points I play a lot of the same games, so I don't get a lot of achievement unlocks, but this community has definitely had me playing more. I remember playing Cocoon a couple of weeks ago, and I was flipping the achievements left and right, and I was at the top of my friend's leaderboard for a while, and I was like, wow, that never happens. I guess you just got to try different things. 
Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to encourage you to do with the, the point stuff is, hey, if you're in Game Pass, try these other games. And so it's easy enough to download something and or I guess even you don't have to download, you can play through the cloud. I do that and often, actually. Yeah, a lot of times you can you know easily get an achievement just by starting the game or doing one silly little thing like the tutorial. Right. The one cool thing about the cloud is that if you are kind of on the fence but want to try it and see what it's about, you could just load it up and get right into the game before downloading it, where in the old days it would take you know 30 minutes to download something, and then if you didn't like it, you delete it and never go back. Well, yeah, and especially with, um, with data caps. So with the internet service provider I used to have, we were limited to like, was it one terabyte or 1.2 terabytes of data each month? Wow. And you, you couldn't just, oh, let me download this 120 gig game. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to like it because I burned up a lot of my bandwidth. And then everybody else is using Netflix and Hulu and, you know, Discord and Twitch and all these YouTube and all this other stuff that's just like constantly eating away at it. And so we would have to have conversations you know, really with my boy saying, hey, um, so don't download any games. Uh, you won't be able to stream, so you just have to watch DVDs. Because if we go over, we, we've already used up our one courtesy month. But then we switched over to Fiber, and it's like, oh, no, it's unlimited. And oh, by the way, your download and upload speeds are the same, and you're not capped with an upload speed of 40 megabits per second. Right. So I'm like, oh, sweet. So my upload speed is like 800 normal. Okay. I can, I can, I think I can work with that. Just do what makes you happy now. You know, you don't have to stress about it. Well, yeah. I'm like, oh, let me just, you know what? Let me download this 150 gig game. I don't like it. Okay. I'll delete it. It's no, it doesn't affect me. I'm fine. I'm fine. And that's a, that seems to be the average file size these days. I was actually surprised with Infinite Wealth. I think it clocked in at like maybe 80 or 65, 80, something like that. I went, oh, that's, I cleared off a lot more space in the fridge than I needed to. Yeah. That worked. Have you gotten to play any of that at all yet? Just a little bit. Um, it's, haven't played a, a, you know, a ton of it, maybe an hour. I've done a few battles. And it's kind of interesting because the, the battle system is, <laughs> Still the turn-based stuff from before, but they've added like this um, this ring of movement for your character so that you can more easily position yourself for certain attacks or where you can grab an item and use that with an attack. So like, okay, you've added uh, another layer of strategy to a typical turn-based game. So cool. Maybe to cool. pull in um, some of the people who didn't like the turn-based combat from the first one. Maybe this will give you, so you're at least doing something. Well, I've heard that, you know, Kiryu is, you know, is in this game. And I think yep. I heard somebody talking about how there's an option with him that you can turn it into like the, the brawler style of the typical Yakuza games if you don't want the turn-based stuff. Oh, very Not cool. That, oh, well, I'm never going to do that, but that's interesting. Hold on, just Everything a okay? Yeah, okay. no, my daughter's showing me a book. What do you got there? I read there? the whole entire book. You read it all on your own? I'll be Mommy up a little later, you. sweetie. Yeah. 
Oh, how sweet. Yeah, she she uh, is learning books right now. So there's Pete the Cat book. Um, she's learning to read on her own, which is pretty, I'm pretty impressed. I mean, her goal for kindergarten was to learn to read and now she's she's doing it on her own, so sounding them it, out. Is Pete the Cat the, like the black cat with like crazy fur and there's like a you know, lot no. of drawings in it? He's like a, he's a blue cat with yellow eyes. He wears sneakers. Oh. He's, he's like really, oh. he always says groovy. He's got a ton of like kids. She's been reading them since we, we read to her every night since she was yeah. a baby. And I think we've had Pete the cat pretty much her whole life, but she's now sounding them out. It's kind of neat to see like how the brains work. And she's like that with math too. The other day she was like, we had um, <laughs> we were playing Lego Fortnite, and she had her inventory. She had something with eighty and something with sixty-two, and I'm like, "So if you add those two together, what do you got?" And she's like, "One forty-two." And I'm like, "Wow, did that come from?" She's like, "Well, I took eighty and I added six groups of ten, so that's one forty. And I'm like, "My mind is blown sometimes, you know." I'm like, "Okay, I'm not going to have a kid that needs help. <laughs> she's just going to figure it out, which is awesome." Yeah. I- I know like for me and my kids, we did a lot of math stuff. So like, you know, we would read to them every day. Um, and then I was the one who would give them their baths. And so I would just, Hey, let's do math facts. Let's just mess around with stuff. You know, what's five minus three, two, what's three minus five. Can you do that? <laughs> I'm like, okay. And here's how we introduce negative numbers. But you know, we sent our, our youngest or both of them, they went to, to preschool, but the, the younger one, and we don't ever tell the teachers what they can or can't do because you don't want to be the parent that says, my child read War and Peace by the time they were four or some right. nonsense. Like, no. So right. we had like a first parent teacher conference with our younger son. And the teacher said, did you know that he can read? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we knew. We knew. Like, but we didn't want to say anything because we don't want to be those, those parents. Yeah. Let them find their way. The teachers will find out eventually. Yeah, I remember there was like a kindergarten orientation and they said, you know, well, we kind of expect your children to be able to count to 10 and to know the basic colors and the basic shapes. I'm like, wait, this, these are the minimum requirements to be able to count to 10. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have definitely overprepared my children. Yeah, I agree. Mine counts to 50 in Spanish. <laughs> wait, what the? <laughs> She's like, oh, well, I can do 50 in Spanish, but I can go as much as you want me to go in, in English. She'll just keep going sometimes. Nice. There you go. You are setting her up for success. Yeah. Well, the other morning, it takes me like 15 minutes to get her to school, and she had got to like 300 and something. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, please stop. You know. <laughs> but I just let her go and go to my mental happy place. And you're like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. But still. Yeah. Shh, too much. Too, too much. much. Too many numbers. <laughs> So what have you been getting into? I, I'm a, so you've been playing. I know you mentioned Persona 4 and yep, you got, I got your Steam Deck at the ready. I got. Oh, I what got, in the world? I, I make a list of the games I'm playing. And then when I have thoughts about them, like something that stands out, I write it down because I'll never remember it. Um, just I think my brain's filled with too much information. So uh, since the last time we talked, I beat Cocoon, which is like a little indie puzzle game. I found I found it. It's fun. Like a lot of people raved about. It. I'm not a big puzzle guy. I think they kind of get repetitive after a while, just like, you know, solving this stuff. And this one, it was neat and kind of like 
the way it was like world within a world. And if you carried like an orb into one world, it's, it's just kind of like that Leonardo DiCaprio movie inception, I think inception. or something. Yeah, yeah. It just totally had my mind twisted like that. And the boss fights were pretty fun. Um, the music was good. Yeah. It's just kind of like a game you play for like an hour a night or a half hour and you'll get through it in like five hours. Um, but it's it was done on game pass. Yep. Okay, maybe yep, I yep. need to add that to my list of to get some achievements. You're kind of like a moth. I think it's a moth, and you don't have any moves other than to carry these orbs and you set them in places, and then that unlocks things that you can move around to, and then okay. you find another area. You get stumped, and then you have to use your brain to solve the puzzle. Like there was one that um, you had to go into one world and move this ball in a certain spot so that in the other world it would shoot like little balls into something and you had to it, it's just really you had to use your brain to to kind of figure it out i was i didn't have to look up anything everything i figured out within you know 10 to 15 minutes even the ones that stumped me but nice that was a fun little game so that's and you know, i appreciate the community for that because i would have never played it um i tried to pick something a little different that that i normally wouldn't go for so I think I beat I beat four games in January. I beat Cocoon, I beat Buzz Buzz, which I talked about on the last one. Oh yeah. I got through uh, Gunstar Heroes on the Genesis, which was maddening. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's a product of the '90s when that's the only game you had. But I don't know how anyone would even have the motivation without save states to beat the game. I mean the boss fights were relentless. You, you'd get through one and you're like, Oh man, I got 20 health left. I just survived. And then this like, rah, 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 meow, and you're like into another one. And I'm like, how am I even going to do this? So I would just save state it and learn the patterns from 20 health to get through it as opposed to going all the way back to the beginning of the level and starting over again. Now, isn't this one of those games that was, this like highly praised from the Genesis. Yeah. yeah I, I did it for, for the um, Capricorn, square which was um goat i think yeah, it did, yeah. it's the greatest it's considered a greatest of all time genesis platformer similar to like uh, contra it's like the same kind of style of contra where you're just constantly shooting your gun you know in various ways and in i mean it's pretty neat it, it was a neat game but ridiculously hard um but I, you know like i said that's the 90s for you mega man and even contra itself was it's hard to play. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I do remember with um, with Contra that the extra man, like the the, you know, the Konami code, that was how I was able to, to get through the game. But I know that I guess if I had spent enough time practicing and getting the the patterns down of the enemies, I would have been able to beaten it. But I would have been able to beat it. But I, I don't know, it's too too much work. It's all pat. Yeah, it's all pattern recognition. Your timing. It's, it's kind of like music, you know, if you do the one, two, three, and then you count where that move happens. And then you're, if it's like muscle memory, almost you, you end up, uh, you just naturally, it's like instinctive after a while, if you do it enough. And then you'll get to that point that you got memorized and then maybe three more instances into that and then bam, you're dead. So now you got to remember that little section and then you add that to your memory and I, 
it was it was to the point to where I'm like, oh my god, do you do these guys like their players? I mean, like, are you trying to make people crazy? Well, I think you know back then, you know the the quality testing people were the developers, and so when you were playing that same game, the game that you created over and over again, you're like, oh, this this game's too easy. We need to you know make an adjustment here. We need to you know up the level of difficulty. Right. But you weren't really putting it out to the players to see is this too tough. Makes sense. Have you it's ever like played me making up? It's like me making a, a test for my college algebra students. This problem's easy. Well, yeah, it's easy because I've been doing this stuff for 25, 30 years. Right. And I can, you know, I don't have to think about it. And I'm plus I'm the one who made up the problem. And look, why are you guys not getting this? It's easy. Right. You got to kind of put yourself in the in their shoes. Look at it from someone who has absolutely zero clue. Yeah. Have you played um, Mario Maker in the past? Uh, yeah, I have. You know, I have both of the games, but I never played the second one. Because I created courses, and it's the same thing where you can make a super hard level just by that same method. You just have played it so much and know all the timing, and all you have to do to move it on is complete the level. But you put that out yeah. there, and, and then your completion rate's like point zero three because nobody can beat it. But it's it's, it, I, I see why I think the replay value with a game like Gunstar Heroes in the '90s was probably awesome. I mean, you know, you always have some goal to maybe get to the next boss on your next playthrough. Where nowadays there's just too many games, and they're too accessible. Yeah, I, I know that there were a few games that I had that you know either didn't have a save state or um, or like a password system or I just didn't use it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to play this from the very beginning and let's just see how far I can get and just keep doing it. And there are some games that I only ever beat one time, even though I, you know, kept playing it after that. So I think of, you know, Gremlins 2, the new batch on the NES. It was a classic Sunsoft game and I beat it one time. And I got pretty good at the game and I could always get to, I think it was, like getting to five one, I could always get to that that fifth level, but then maybe the difficulty just ramped up too much, and then I could get to the final boss in five two, and it was just too frantic for me. So like the one time I beat, it's like finally, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I beat this. <laughs> yeah, but I would still go back to it because you know the control was good, and it was just a it was it was a fun you know. I don't want to call it a platform. It was like a three quarters overhead perspective thing, but it was a, it was a fun game. Yep. And that's, I think they were built with that in mind to make you come back and replay it. Now, if I uh, beat a game, I never go back. I'm, I don't, I don't do DLC. I don't do new game. Plus it's once it's complete, I can compartmentalize it as never to be played again. I see that. And that's one of the struggles that I have because you know, one of the games that I that I did complete, and I'll talk more about it um, next week, is the Like a Dragon Gaiden, Man Who Erased His Name. So I kind of streamlined it in the second half so I could get to infinite wealth before spoilers and stuff. Um, but, but I'm kind of struggling with, do, do I delete it off my system because I beat it? Because there are some side quests that I could still go back and do because I didn't do them all. Right. Do, do I... Do I want to? Do I want to get this achievement? Or do I feel like I've done all that I need to do? And I, you could say, oh, but there are those mini games. Yeah, but there may be some of those same mini games in 
infinite wealth. I've heard so some it, great things about infinite wealth and the side stuff you can do. Well, this is like every Yakuza game, it's, and especially like a dragon. There's so much stuff on the side. So, like the first, well, if you look at the men who erased his name, the how long to beat said like I don't know, twelve, fifteen hours, something like that. It's like, oh, okay, I'm already twelve hours in, but I'm still in chapter two because I was so busy doing all these side missions and getting, you know, these different points, different currencies, so I could, you know, get more things and have these little the, the side stories that did kind of pertain to what what i was doing yep um, it's just oh, there's there's so much and you don't want to miss it but it's so much fun that, that's when i played um like a dragon i enjoyed the game but i felt stressed out by all that stuff because you feel like okay this is going to be my one game i'm not going to be able to play anything else because like you said you want to enjoy it and some of those side things like what was the one where you're driving around collecting cans? I mean, I would, try to, beginning. I would try to beat that high score for hours <laughs> on end. I just, I didn't progress anywhere. And I'm like, or when I played Yakuza zero a couple of years ago, um, there was like a business management sim in there. And I'm like, I would get sucked into that. It's, I, lo- I love those things for what they are. Cause it makes the game more memorable when you think back on it, but they yeah. also, they, you're pretty much committed to that that one game at that point if that's how you tackle it. Yeah, I think for some of that stuff, you just have to realize, all right, when when can I step away from this like mini game? So like the can collecting thing at the very, very beginning. I mean, there's kind of a, a reason behind that and you know, setting up your, your character and where you are and like you are broke. And what is your job? You're collecting cans to recycle to get currency that doesn't even really matter. Right. And yeah, you can go for the high scores and maybe there's an achievement associated with it. But it's really not all that important. And just like some of the side quests, like the importance there is maybe to get um, get some money, get some experience, or to, uh, especially in like a dragon, the like the characteristic tree, like I'm going to work on, this is going to give me a boost in charisma or intellect or passion or, you know, whatever to make me a, a better and stronger character. But there was one thing in like a dragon I guess it's like a, you know the business sim, business management thing, and I kind of you know push that off to the side until like oh you have to do this and get your company up to a certain level like okay whatever. But it ended up being like a fantastic way once you knew the system, a fantastic way to make money hand over fist. Right. And so I'm just like raking in the money. <laughs> like okay, it's got. I know. Look for every ten minutes of work, I'm gonna get you know, 5 million yen. All right. Let me just, you know, grind away at this. And then I have all the money that I need. Wow. I mean, I, I think, yeah, once you get that figured out and worked into your, your routine of the game, it's probably great. It's just, you know, if you're on a story, supposedly this new one, infinite wealth has like a animal crossing style Island in it. So. Uh, yep. And, I mean, and the thing that I like about, and of course, I have not gotten there, and I think that's going to be several hours into the game. I like how the the Yakuza team they just riff on some of these classic ideas, like, "Oh, here's Animal Crossing," but you know what? We're definitely going to poke fun at it. In <laughs> in Like a Dragon, there was a Mario Kart um, a mini game that you could do. It's like, "Oh, you're getting power ups, and you're blasting these people." It's like this is so 
weird and wacky yep. that they're like riffing on Mario Kart or just kart games in general. Like yep. this is, and it, it was, it's so good. So you can, it's easy to get sucked into that stuff. Um, and you eventually just have to say, you know what? I need to, I need to progress the story. And so right. you have to find that, that balance in games like that. Cause it's not like a Metroidvania where, you know, your exploration is the story or there might be a few people that you talk to, but you're not really getting sucked into side missions. Maybe you're getting sucked into how do I get up there to that ledge to get that missile expansion? But that's really the extent of it in a game like that. But in these, yeah, it's sometimes it's tough to find that balance. And I know that I would spend, I think it was one night that I spent like an hour playing Texas Hold'em. <laughs> Look, why, 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 why am I doing this? Because you're like, immersed in the world. That's, they got you in, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're living part of that world when you're, you're like escaping, I guess, to, to that world and just hanging out in it, which is awesome. But the problem is they make too many games like that and there's not enough time. So you, you're, I, I respect your ability to be able to pick the one and stick with it because I'm in like, probably three different worlds right now that i love a lot like far cry 6 that island of yara has been awesome it's like you know like a trip every time i go and you're in, in, engrossed in this you know latin culture and the music and just the way they live and their um, resourcefulness with with parts and making cool vehicles and weapons and um it's a lot of fun I could get, there's a lot of side stuff in there too, but sometimes I'm just like, if I do that, then I'm not going to progress the story and then I'm not going to be able to get to the next one. It's very chaotic sometimes. I mean, don't, don't think that I just stick with one game and I just go at it. It's, a lot of times it depends on what the game is. And there's just, like I guess there's something about those Yakuza games. I agree. They are just great. Like, because I was thinking about this the other day, like there are games that I've started and I've just put down and I haven't really had the desire to go back to them or finish or they're not like, I'm not thinking about them during the day, but with the Yakuza games, maybe it's because there are the side missions and the, the mini games. And there are, I feel like I'm walking around like a, a real world city and there's so many details. If you just pause and you look at the, the signage that are on things, it's not some Ipsum lorem, you know, gibberish. Right. It's like, oh, this is an, you know, an actual, well, it seems like an actual advertisement or it connects to something that's in the world or something that you saw in a previous Yakuza game. Yeah. Like this is, this is really cool. And you see, oh, you know what? Can I get over here to this area? Is there, you know what? I bet they have something hidden in the shadows. And, nope. Sure enough, there is an item for me to pick up. There's just like always something there. It's just like a, a living, breathing world, it seems. And I think it's a lot easier to get immersed in something like that for me. And there's stories. Personally. The stories are great. And the cutscenes of all of them are so well produced. It's almost like, you know, watching a movie. I'm always yeah. impressed with, with the way like they're acting and the voice acting and the characters, like some of the enemies, you know, you'll remember them for years down the road. Cause they're just so well done. Um, I, yeah, I, what was the first Yakuza game you ever played? Do you remember? Have you played the action ones? Uh, so the first one I played was Like a Dragon. Okay. I was watching a, a streamer, Carlsberger, and um, he he streamed that. I think I, again, turned on to his stream because he was playing maybe Dragon Quest Eleven, 
So, or, I don't know. It's, I, I watched him play, like, you know, Days Gone, Dragon Quest Eleven, and Like a Dragon. And I watched a good amount of Like a Dragon, of, of him playing it. And even though I knew some of the story beats and I saw some of the huge boss battles that he did, it didn't deter me from actually playing the game myself. Right. I saw that and I went... I want to play that. I want to be in that world. And so that was the first one that I played. And then I tried it. You know, of course, that was my summer game a few years ago. And that was my game of the year. And then later on, I tried, um, I think Yakuza 5 Remastered. I played that for a little bit. And I was like, this is, this is not my Like a Dragon. And so I wasn't really used to the whole brawler thing and um, picking up you know, items to use as weapons or weapon durability that I was like, I'm buying a weapon, but I can only use it eight times and it breaks. Right. So I, I didn't really finish that one, but then, you know, the man who erased his name, that one, I guess. Yeah. That that one worked for me. Kind of getting into the world and, and the brawling part was okay. I ended up turning the difficulty down to easy just so I could get through the story and I could enjoy my time. And it, I don't feel any shame in that. I call that I dad made, mode. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, I do don't the same to, thing. I don't need to, you have to get perfect, you know, parries so that I can survive I, and then miss one and die and get completely pummeled. It's like, Hmm, restart. Do you think you want to go down to easy mode? I'm like, okay, forget this. I'm just going to go into the settings and select easy. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll with it. Once you get over that hurdle of like feeling like you're, I felt guilty the first time I did it, but then I actually enjoyed the game. I was like, you know, you're in the story. You're not getting stopped to have to restart the boss battle six times because you can't figure, you don't have the time to invest into learning all the patterns. Um, yeah. I thought there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's, you know, it's in there for that kind of reason. Either A, for people with limited time or people that like to play many games and just want to get through them in, in a way that isn't frustrating. Yeah, and really, like the the main part of, um, at least for the the uh, for the man who raised his name, to me, the main part is not it's not the battle. The main part of that is the story. It's yep. the side missions. It's the character and the world building, and that's what I'm here for. the The battles, okay, the battles are here for me to. I'm not even earning experience because that's not this kind of game. I'm getting a little bit of money, and oh yeah, I've got a beat up this one guy because that's what the story is telling me to do. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the, the core mechanic. It's not like I'm going into, uh, say a final fantasy game and I click the mode that says, you know, every hit deals 9,999 damage. Cause I know that there are some options that are like that. These quality of life improvements. Like to me, that would take away from what I typically do with a, with an RPG. So with that experience, it, it would muddle that for me, but I can see if you're like, Oh, I just want to get the story here. Yeah, that's fine. It all depends on how you want to play the game. And I appreciate the developers giving us options that you go back to against our heroes. You didn't really have options in terms of how you play that. Right. You might've had options in terms of how many lives or how many continues do you have? Right. But that was it in terms of difficulty setting. And there's a definite feeling of accomplishment when you do beat a boss that is super tough and you and you invest the time. So, 
like you said, I appreciate that they give you the option because there might be a game, maybe you like it, the combat enough to where you do want to learn to get better at it. And then there's others where you just want to experience it, but maybe feel a little like you have a little more power. You know, it's like John Wick. If you watch a John Wick movie, he is kind of like, you know, he's going to get through it. Where some movies, the, the, the guy, the hero you know, might take a few lumps before they rise up. You, you never know if they're going to come out of it winning. And then there's some where you know you're going to, you know, be the almighty powerful when you go in, no matter what. It's like the like watching Rocky movies. Like, I know I know who's <laughs> going to win. I know, but it's like, how much blood is he going to lose before he just somehow turns it on? Right. But, this, but that's what I like about watching of course, one of my favorites is Rocky Four, you know, with Dolph Lundgren as you know, Drago. Oh, those are the that was the that was great. L- love that one. It was like, okay, he's getting pummeled by this roided up Russian, <laughs> and but I like, come, come on, Rocky, you, you got this, you got this, and they just kind of turns it on, and it's like, this is, I like this. This this is what I need. I need to see the the hero be heroic. It gives you that little bit of adrenaline. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, those are the kind of movies I like. I don't like it when the I don't like it when the good guy loses, or unless there's like, okay, you know what? I know there's going to be something. There's a reason to this. There's a purpose behind that. Um, but like one movie that I had a very hard time liking uh, was The Dark Knight. Yeah, and a lot of people love that movie, but the Heath Ledger remember, Joker, right? I think. That- yeah. But I, I watched that in the movies with my wife, and we both left feeling kind of gross because <laughs> there was there was there's no there's no there's nobody to root for except maybe Commissioner Gordon. Like Batman was not someone that we wanted to root for. We weren't rooting for the Joker, right? It's like where was the where was the good guy? Yeah, you got to have that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I get from a storytelling perspective what you're trying to do, and you know, here are the flaws of Batman. But I don't know. Batman doesn't need flaws. He's a complicated guy, but when he has the suit on, he should just, you know, be the savior that he is. That's my. But he's making these very bad choices sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and you don't normally associate him with bad choices. He's like the guy that comes in and takes control. It's always interesting to see other people's like interpretations of his character. You know, the last one with the guy from Twilight, it was very complicated. Like he was like such a complex person. And the Batman I grew up with was, you know, just there to take care of business. Yeah, I Yeah, the Robert Robert Pattinson one um he looked so emaciated. He didn't yeah. look like the Batman that I was used to. I'm like, surely you, you got to take a little bit better care of yourself if you're going to be this this you know <laughs> brawling vigilante. Yeah. But yeah, I think you... another knock on that another knock on that movie was that it was just like I know Batman movies are dark, but that one just seemed like really dark, like emo almost, like a like kind of. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. had it had that kind of feel to it, where, but I mean, maybe just trying to pull in new a new type of viewer. I don't know. I'll watch the next one. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's just I'm like a Christian Bale Batman guy. 
I like Christian Bale and I like um, Michael Keaton from the nineties. I thought he was great. Yeah. Um, the, the 89 Batman when for, for me, like that is, that's my generation's Batman is that Tim Burton, you know, Michael Keaton and other people say, no, it's Adam West. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but you watch Adam West. Like that is, that is campy with a capital C. <laughs> and, and it, to me, it's like so hard to watch. I'm like, Okay, your suit is not hiding anything, and it probably should. So, just the, the way they kind of redesigned it for, you know, with, with Tim Burton's vision, like that's, yeah, that 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 to me is is the good one. Yep. Um, unfortunately, they followed it up with, you know, Batman Returns and the Penguin, and that that was just like a whole weird, weird thing there. Um, well, that's enough Batman talk, I think. <laughs> We've delved into DC, but no, I don't think anyone in our community is playing Suicide Squad. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't hear a whole lot of chatter about that one. Just from I, some podcasts I listen to, and they're like, "Well, meh. I mean, it's it's a game." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you are not selling <laughs> me on it. No, the only positive I heard was voice acting and like the cutscenes, and the gameplay was repetitive and. But you had said earlier that you're trying to, you know, not spend any money this year. And I've I've had the urge to buy Tekken 8 so bad over the last couple of weeks since it came out. And I'm always like mentally trying to figure out, well, if I if I do this, but then I'm like, if I I'm like, I don't need it, I can wait for a sale. And then Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is a JRPG that came out, um, I, I guess, uh, last this week. And that one's a little cheaper, but also I don't need it. I don't need it. I have plenty of JRPGs to play. I don't need it. But in my mind, I just, I want to see what it's about. It's an exercise. Well, that's, that's what Twitch is for. Yeah, I know, but I, I can't. I mean, I'll watch like people if like a, com- like a competitive thing on Twitch, but it's hard for me to watch other people play games. Cause if I have that time, then I'll have a handheld and playing my own games kind of a thing. Well, you can still do that, but in terms of getting a taste for what a game is like, right. It's like, all right, you know, I just want to scratch that itch. I don't want to spend the 50, 60, $70 on a game, but let me just live vicariously through a streamer and, and their game collection. Right. But yeah, it's, I mean, the urge is strong to, I guess, to buy some games like, you know, they've got that sale on the Pixel Remasters, and I do have some eShop credit. I'm like, oh, I'm tempted on those too. But do, but do I really want to though? I mean, I don't even know what I would get. Like Final Fantasy IV, I've beaten that a couple of times already. Yep. I still have it on the Wii. Final Fantasy VI, well, I've got that on the Super Nintendo Classic. Right. I've played that. I don't know. Well, these are the definitive versions of these games. <laughs> With the wrong font? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's how they sell it to you. The, I think the font... Now, I'm glad that I mentioned the font because that's the one thing that's going to say you're not going to spend your money on this because the font is horrible. There you go. See, you have that kind of... It's like you jot down a list of negatives and positives and sometimes looking at the negatives will, will keep you from having that impulse. Well, you got to make sure that for the negatives, you want to make sure the font is like a you know 22 point... And the positives are like an eight point font. That way, when you're comparing it, you're like, oh, well, this is a really bad, this is going to be a bad decision. So I'm not going to do that. Mental gymnastics. Hey, hey, you know what? 
we're all here trying to help the gamers game more gamily. With your backlog. Yes. Play the games you own. And but I, if if you get those humble bundle sales and you see some stuff you like in there, those are old games, so you might as well grab them. You know, just don't buy the new ones. I, yeah, I'm trying to think if the I, so I do get the newsletters from Fanatical and Humble Bundle. Okay, what are you trying to get me to buy this time? You know what? No, it's not worth it. There aren't games here that I want. So and I did avoid buying a bundle earlier this year. So. That's you know twenty dollars that I saved. Have you spent any, any money yet? I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Same. I haven't either. But of course, we're only. What is it? Thirty four days into the year. Already, there's it seems still, like it was just New Year's. There's still many more days for it for things to go sideways. Because I'm trying to think, are there, are there games on the horizon that I'm looking at as must buy games? And right now, I think I can safely say that there's nothing out there that is a, a day one purchase or I, I have to get it right away. I feel that the the Princess Peach game that comes out in March, I have to get because my kid wants it and we'll mm-hmm. play it together. But other than that, yeah, I, I would have to say I'm not even into the next Final Fantasy VII remake that comes out at the end of this month. I thought I would be, but I, that one I can hold off and wait for a sale. But yeah. It, it definitely the, seems like a like a slower year for those those big gotta have games. Yeah, so we're saying that now, but if we go off of you know off of past trends, February is typically the month for Nintendo Direct, and are they going to show something, show some games that are going to make us change everything that we've thought about what we're going to be saving our money for? Switch two maybe. <laughs> you see, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, okay, I, there are no games where I'm going, I've got to buy it because, you know, I've got Game Pass. I've got plenty of other things to play for sure. And especially the stuff that I bought last year, but a Switch 2. Well, that could ruin, you know, me not spending money. I think that's going to be like the, the one exception that I'll make this year. Yeah, for sure. I, I tend to do that because gaming such a big hobby where, you know, if a new system comes out, especially the Switch, it's been out for seven years. I'll, I will definitely pick it up day one if I can get my hands on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. And a lot of those games I'm looking forward to are coming out on Game Pass anyway. So, you know, the Indiana Jones game and that other one that they showed, I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of like a Skyrim knockoff, I guess. That looks fun. Oh, uh Oh shoot! What was that? Is that like a, an Obsidian game? Yeah, it's bad. I don't know the name because <laughs> it's not. It's, I know it'll be on Game Pass when it comes out, and and I'll I'll definitely play it. Oh yeah, and you mentioned this uh, when you were watching that uh, that direct uh, Ara, yeah, the, the world building one. I'm like, oh yeah, that is that one. That one screams math man. Like absolutely, because uh, you're the Civ Five guy and. I like Civ Six better, but I I definitely love that kind of game too. So we'll have to jump in. Is it going to be on Xbox or is it PC Game Pass only? I wonder. That's I I don't know. I know. So at the end of last year, when City Skylines Two came out, it was supposed to come out also on the Series X, but they couldn't get it to run 
well on it. So it still hasn't come out and it did come out on PC and they've been, I think patching it. I've, they've only played like one or two sessions of that. It's, it's another one of those games. Like I've got my list somewhere of <laughs> games. I need to go back and that I need to go and play. Cause like that, I think I bought SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh last year. It was on sale, and I still haven't played it. Like I've had so many games that I know are good, yep. and I just kind of keep forgetting about them. And of course, like this week, I said, oh, I wonder what this Brotato game is like. Oh, boy. Now I'm in, tr- I'm in trouble. Yeah, is it? I mean, I don't know much about it. From the screenshots, it made me think of Vampire Survivors. It is like Vampire Survivors, um, but you just have like one like square that you're running around in, and gotcha. you are you're getting upgrades for to improve your overall HP, your HP regeneration, uh, a stat called engineering, um, harvesting. So some of the stuff I actually had to go to a wiki to figure out what does this mean. Some of the stuff is okay. I, I get it if you're increasing my max HP, if you're increasing my range or my range damage or melee damage, I get those numbers. But some of these other ones, I said, I, I don't know what's going on. So now that I've looked it up, I went, oh, okay. So this might help inform the decisions that I make in terms of, um, you know, the upgrades that I do when I gain a level or when I'm, you know, buying extra items. So it's, it does have some vampire survivor esque things to it. Um, but it's also just a, it's a little bit different. Okay. So I would say download it, try it out. And yeah. it's, it's like a, it's just going to be like one run after the other. And it's easy to get, kind of get sucked into it and say, Oh, you know what? This time I'm going to focus on doing someone who has just melee attacks or just ranged or just elemental. And, you know, there is a bit of a learning curve. Some things I wasn't aware of, like being able to combine weapons that are exactly the same so i could take you know two knife level ones and combine them to get a a knife level two okay and if i have another knife two i could combine that with the other knife two to get a knife three and okay so it you know will reduce the cooldown time it'll increase the you know the attack power so okay so there's an interesting bit of strategy here all right that's where they get you (laughs) i i i like what you're putting well, yeah, like I like what you're putting down. I, this is, you know, and that's that's actually a game I wanted to play last night until my video processing stuff didn't work. So, I know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens today <laughs> and see if I can recover anything. Ugh, I get. I, I definitely hope that. Yeah, hopefully you get it sorted out. That's your job, you know. So it's it's something you got to get done. Yeah. Really. Yeah. No fun till till work's done. Yeah. Did you have any other games that you beated? You mentioned Gunstar Heroes. Gun um I had Rift Apart, but I talked about that last time. Cocoon I had beat. And what else have I finished? Oh, that buzz game. Yeah, nope. I'm working on Far Cry six. I'm I'm probably a third of the way through. I'm I'm 20 hours in, but I'm probably like a third of the way through because I get sidetracked taking pictures. Um, I'm playing Star Ocean Second Story. Um, that's pretty fun. I'm playing that on PS5 too with the portal. 
that's a that's a good old school redone JRPG. Um, I like the battle system. It seems a little easy right now for me. Like I'm just blasting through them, and my guy Claude would be like, "Oh, that was a ten out of 10. and I'm like, "Whoa, when am I going to get these battles where he's like, "Wow, that I just barely scraped by," you know? <laughs> <laughs> but and then uh, Persona Four, I play that a lot on my Steam Deck. That one, you know, every, somebody said sixty hours on the main story. I don't know. I feel like I'm still early on and I'm like 20 plus hours in that one too. Oh no. Yeah. It's, I, I see the draw of it. I feel like maybe my age and like connecting with the characters cause they're high school. I'm, I'm going to plod through just to get through it. Cause the story itself is kind of neat, but just some of the, some of the, it's all about relationship building with your friends, social links to make your personas stronger and just mm-hmm. those kind of things are beyond me. You know, I left in my past a long time ago, so I don't really connect with the characters as much, but I love the story. It's like a murder mystery kind of a thing. And I think that's what keeps me going. The battle system is fun. You get in the dungeon and you're, you're climbing these stairs to get to the next floor, to get to the boss at the top, who is somebody's, you know, alter persona, you know, maybe something they hide inside that no one else sees, which mm-hmm. I kind of, I get that part of it. I can kind of connect to that. You know, because I'm a huge gaming nerd, but I bet people in my everyday life, besides my family, wouldn't have any clue about that. So, so I kind of relate to it. Um, and then I, I play Skyrim sometimes, just for fun. I played uh, I played Super Mega Baseball Four after you had mentioned it. I think on the last one you got into a game. I kind of got hooked into that a little bit, and the names make me laugh. There's a woman named Kathy Cul-de-Sac, and she's like just <laughs> this big power hitter, and she comes up and blasts some home runs. So just those Game Pass is fun because on the Steam Deck you can you have the app, you jump in, you can just go right into cloud streaming. So I can mess around that way. So I might try um, Brotato on that too. But just plugging yeah. away at the backlog at this point, trying not to start too many new things until I finish the ones I got going. Yeah, you mentioned the thing about Persona and like having a tough time connecting with you know the, these kids through your characters. And I think that's what really drew me into Like a Dragon when I was playing is like, oh, here's this person that is my age. Is she All these characters are like around my age, give or take a few years. So, okay, so you're aside from the whole world that you live in, the things that you're thinking about, the things that are important to you, you know, uh, the things that. Um, are just on your mind are similar to like what I'm thinking about. You're thinking about grown up things. You're not thinking about, you know, I don't know, just, well, I guess I can't really say that, <laughs> but it, it, it's not the, Oh, well, I have to, you know, finish this up so I can do my homework and so I can no. You're like, Oh, well I've got to go to, I got to go to my work now. Right. Or I need to collect cans. <laughs> for money yeah, I, I gotta do something that is like <laughs> a, a more adult thing and so you you do have the adult themes of course but it's i don't know it's easier to to connect with the characters that are that look more like me right and less like my children right and it still has those um jrpg systems in it and the yeah. the, the cast of enemies in like a dragon and yakuza games in general are insane just makes me laugh sometimes like the people you're fighting because it kind of disconnects you from like the violence of it and makes it fun in a sense but also has like that serious story too the way you're getting some kind of 
you know, meaning from whoever made the game, you know, like lesson or meaning about life or just overall picture like that. But at the same time, you're fighting a guy in diapers, you know, it's just they're wearing silly thing on their head or. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of that stuff is, I think it's more maybe in like a dragon than it is in um, at least the, the man who erased his name. Cause like a lot of times like you're just finding like groups of Yakuza and it might be like, Oh, threatening Yakuza or, you know, knife wielding Yakuza. Yeah. Knife wielding okay. businessman. Yeah. Like, okay. But the, I don't think there's anything in that game where the enemies were like, weird and crazy like when you play like a dragon that is some that is some <laughs> wacky stuff because you know the way that ichiban sees things through this you know lens of dragon quest so it looks like they look like normal people but then you get into a fight it's like oh i don't even want to say what some of those enemies are oh i forgot like, about that that's right he was a huge dragon quest fan i remember that now but there's there's one character that I, I, I don't even want to talk about it. He just, he, he disturbed me so <laughs> badly. Um, but yeah. Ugh, ugh. But, but it, it also has, you know, it, it, it left the imprint that you'll remember, you know? So it's kind of cool that games can do that for you. They just give you these experiences that you take with you as the years go on. Bad or I mean, good. It's not, I mean, it's not often that you have a game where, you know, an, a boss that you fight is a steam shovel <laughs> or a, you know, a Roomba that's the size of a house. Right. It's like, what? You're just kind of looking around going, what, what am I playing? What, what is this? <laughs> Again, this, this is, you know, my plea for everybody out there, you know, play like a dragon. Yeah. You're um, going to you make me go back game to pass. It. You can find it on game pass. And you can also usually find physical copies like maybe 10 or 15 bucks. I definitely want to jump into the judgment games too. They seem a little more gritty, but same kind of universe, Hmm. but they're more like um, detective detectives, um, case solving games. I think detective games. I know that reminds me. I haven't gone back to, you know, Phoenix Wright in quite a while. I like those, but there's the same thing, you know, it's just the, the gameplay always seemed repetitive i guess i got through a few of the cases but you know it's it's rinse repeat yeah and i sometimes it seems like okay you're just stretching this like oh i've got you dead to rights oh no they're gonna lie in their testimony so we have to do it again like (laughs) i don't want to have to do this again i just yeah let me play the way um, i want to play if they can make a game like that where you can go up to the in the in the courtroom and like you can interrogate them the way you want to in your own head. That'd be pretty cool. I'm going to grab them by their collar <laughs> and lift them up. I know you did it. Confess. You are disbarred, sir. I know though. <laughs> oh yeah. Disbar this. And like you can throw the person <laughs> at, the, at the other attorney. There you go. Just go crazy. Take over the courtroom, grab the gavel and be like, I am judge, jury, executioner in this place. Yeah. Go super sign on them. <laughs> That'd be fun. See, there you go. We might have a game. We should start a company. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix Wright, Super Cyan Ace Attorney. There you go. Cross uh, cross universe. Yeah. Okay, so um, you know, I did ask for questions, and Hoots came through for us. 
And he asked, what is a widely considered goat game that you have not played and why not? Uh, it's going to be, there's so many, if I think back on that have been goat games that I've missed out on, but I'd say probably the dark souls games. This like spawned mm. a whole genre. So a souls like, I guess, um, I, I played Elden Ring and the other one where you're like a samurai, but I never played Dark Souls and I hear them brought up a lot in podcasts as just a game you got to play. Um, I don't know why I haven't played them. I think maybe I was into another form of gaming at that point. Maybe I just never got to them, but I'd say that's it. Dark Souls. So- I just pulled up, you know, IGN's list of like their 100 games of all time. This was like it was published at the end of 2021. Oh, it actually says updated yesterday. Okay, there you go. So here's, huh? They they knew you wanted it. They knew I, you needed this. I guess this. so. I guess so. So this is going like from number one 100 and going up. Uh, Borderlands two, never played it. Great game. Divinity. Divinity Original Sin 2, didn't play it. Fantastic. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7, I played like 30 minutes and that's it. So that, I think that's one of those that people hold in high esteem. The PlayStation just, one? Uh, probably. Yeah, the original PlayStation one? Yeah. Or even like, you know, I played it a little bit on the on the PC. Okay. And just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. That is a good one. I played that one. That's a good one. one. I beat that one. I'm just going to skip around here. Burnout 3 Takedown. I think I actually have that game. That's a great... When that came out, it was so much fun. I actually used to... I played that one with my wife, I think, when we first met. Oh, nice. Fallout 2. Well, I've played none of the Fallout games. League of Legends. Never touched it. Nope. Mega Man 3. Had it. Never beat it. And we've got Animal Crossing New Horizons. Thief 2. SimCity 2000. I did play that one. That was a good one. Wow, that's in the list. Inside. Oh, that's a fairly recent one, isn't it? Inside? Yeah. I'd never heard of that. Is that the one that goes... I think it's about the same people that did Limbo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I can picture it. Titanfall 2, haven't touched it. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, nope. Monster Hunter World, Resident Evil 2, System Shock 2, Mortal Kombat 11, Persona 5 Royal, Dark Souls, Fortnite. I've played none of these games. <laughs> so this question is like a like a home run for you. You can just pick one. Is there one that you think you would be interested in that you should have played? I think of the ones that I've seen so far, um, Final Fantasy VII is one of those that I feel like I should have played and enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I just somehow I, I just I know, didn't. I know you said you're not um, into shooters, but Borderlands Two is a is a great game. It's RPG kind of mechanics, quests, just with like cartoony guns and stuff. But I played that one um, co-op with a friend. We beat the whole game together, which was pretty fun. I think that might have heightened the experience. 
Oh, what's the matter, buddy? I think my wife just left and my, any time that you go into a room or you go somewhere and you close the door, my younger, uh, my, my smaller dog just starts flipping out and scratching at the door. Girl, you can come you. in here. Rosie, come here. You're fine. No, I'm in here. That's right. Follow your sister. Hey, it's okay. Do you come here? Come here. Come here. It is okay. Oh, just hey, Rosie. Mama, just because your mama left doesn't mean you have to freak oh, out. Look at that face. <laughs> I know. I know. She's like, yeah. But what are you doing in here? You should be hanging with me. Diablo 2, StarCraft, World of Warcraft. Never played those games. I missed that. Yeah. I didn't play. I played Diablo 3. I played World of Warcraft for a while. I definitely, um, I don't know if you remember, Xbox 360 had the Red Ring of Death. Yeah. And mine died like three times. And all I had was a PC. And that was right at the height of World of Warcraft. So I kind of jumped in and I had like four or five months of, of fun with that. Well, I had a, a friend of mine from college, her husband played it like every night. And I think it became a point of contention in their marriage. Absolutely. Like, like, dude, you are getting on every night and you're spending hours with all these other people and I, sitting up really late. Like, I, that's I, just, it's crazy. I, World of Warcraft is what brought attention to like gaming addiction, I think, because so many people were just going for days on end without bathing, going to the floor, eating were going to the bathroom. They were just playing this game. And I think that kind of put it in the, in the forefront where games can be addictive to people. And it's just another thing, fun thing in life that you got to learn to do in moderation. Um, otherwise yeah. it can go too far. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of games on here that I've played like the first 30 minutes of, and I yeah. didn't touch any, any more like, uh, Ocarina of time. Didn't get into that. Um, so you're not a greatest so, of all time kind of player. Well, I have my own list. It's that I, I play a little bit of it. I went, I just don't, maybe I wasn't playing it at the right time. So I played Ocarina of Time what, a dozen years after it came same. out. I'm the same. But things on here like Metal Gear Solid, any of the Resident Evil games, Red Dead Redemption, you know, haven't touched. Half-Life I've heard good things about, but I've not played it. Yeah, that was like oh. the the land shooter. Yeah, Tetris. I did play that. <laughs> Everyone's played I, Tetris. Yeah, God of War. I mean, if it's PlayStation, the answer is no. Oh yeah. Uh, so Street Fighter Two is on here. Super Mario Brothers. Those are good. Chrono Trigger, Portal. I've played those. Undertale. I have not, but I know Hoots has. But that's number twenty on their list of all time. Wow. Bloodborne, Bioshock, Last of Us. Haven't touched it. Witcher Three. Almost bought that, but didn't. Witcher 3 was one of those games where, you know, I beat it, but it took me forever because it has a game called Gwent. And I would go in just to play two hours of this card game and I've then heard that. come back out. I, w- I wouldn't even do a story. I just was hooked on that game for a while. It's like it's the strategy of it. It was it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, Symphony of the Night is number 14. I played a little bit of that, but... I think I forgot to save and lost a lot of progress. So I went, okay, I'm done. Uh, GTA G- or GTA five. Nope. Half-Life two is number nine. Red Dead, Red-, Red Dead Redemption two is number eight. That's my number one game of all time. Really? I, I, just awesome. Awesome game. Wow. 
there's a story, the same thing. Like as this guy, Arthur, who's like an old cowboy, but he is an older man and he's just riding along with him to the way he, you know, exits the game at the end. It was, I, I don't usually feel emotional in life mm-hmm. in general and in games, especially I'm not the kind, the person who will like, you know, really have like a deep feeling like that. But the end of this game and the ride that I had with this guy was definitely made me feel something. And I was like, wow. So that was pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's, okay. So yeah. So here's their top five super Metroid. Okay. So I have beaten that a couple of times. Uh, Legend of Zelda link to the past. I've beaten that a few times. Uh, Portal 2, I have that, but I've not played it. My younger son says it's really good. Puzzle game. Yeah, uh, Super Mario World. Well, that's one of my top no! games. That's one, of, that's one no. of my goats. Yes. Mario 3. Then, then, no, Mario 3 was a was lo- lot lower, kind of where it should be. <laughs> uh, number one they have is Breath of the Wild. So, like, you know what? I can, I can get behind that. So this has not been updated to include um, like Tears of the Kingdom, which would probably be on the list by now. Um, I'm not sure what else it might add to the list. I think so. The question was, why have I not played them? Most of those games I haven't played because they came out at a time that I wasn't, I wasn't able to be into gaming. Like if I was in college or they came out on a system I didn't have. So if it's PlayStation, sorry. Yeah. You still have your own um, games that you like and probably easily have your own top 10 list, which is cool. You know, if everybody played the same games all the time, that wouldn't be very much fun. Yeah. So were there any of those games? Like, are there any goats that you think, oh, how have I not played that one? Portal, I think, and never interested me. I remember when the first one came out and I had, I was into PC gaming then and I had friends that were playing together co-op and they would talk about a lot, just never interested. Um, A lot of them I've definitely dabbled in. A lot of the ones you mentioned, I've played a lot of or a little of at least. I try to, I'm, I'm definitely more of like a mainstream gamer, but I also have like a niche JRPG kind of love too. But if it's a mainstream game, chances are I've at least tried it just to see what the fuss is about. So, but definitely the Demon Souls or Dark Souls and, you know, any of those PlayStation games, whatever, I forget the name of the company that makes them. They made Elden Ring, that those kind of games. I'm, I know it should be on top of my head because you, you hear <laughs> you, it on every podcast. <laughs> if you hadn't said anything, I'm sure I would have known it. It, okay, it'll, it'll come to me later. Right, and you'll be like, oh, ding. But I think those games, but I haven't not from played so- them. From software. From soft, there you go. Yeah, because I loved Sekiro. Sekiro was, I, I love the parry battle combat system that beats you down and you have to learn and learn how to parry and attack at the right. I love that. I love that idea. And if I was 14 with unlimited time, I would totally be super into that, but as a dad and a working man and a husband, it's just, it's not possible. But I also don't want to limit my gaming to like short indie games either, just so I can complete stuff. I still want to experience the the worlds that people are building these days. And I, I think, you know, with that perspective in mind, you have to be okay with starting a game and not, not finishing the game. <laughs> yeah, if you, is- if, 
if you're under a time constraint, you just have to say, you know what? I'm either going to finish this because I want to, or I've played enough of the game to say, yeah, I enjoyed this, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I got all that I wanted to get out of it. Yep. And I'm going to move on because like you said, our time is limited. We have a lot of other responsibilities and other things to do that we can't be having, we can't be forcing ourselves to complete every game that we start. Right. And the fact that we're still, you know, at least in the in the world of gaming, I guess, it's cool. I mean, a lot of people would have just given up and been like, you know, I ain't got time for that. And I make time because, honestly, it's when I feel most relaxed, I guess, after a long day. Or a lot of people say, you're in your 40s and you're still <laughs> playing video games? Grow up. My brother, my brother Justin, he's uh, he's mid thirties. He owns a retro game store, and he calls it Joysticks Gaming. And he he buys and sells with like old consoles and stuff. And he posted me a meme the other day that that it was a guy texting with a girl, and she said that you know you're an adult, you shouldn't be playing games. And it showed the Final Fantasy um, flea from a battle and so the guy had his phone and he was fleeing because he's like nope I ain't talking to her <laughs> if that's your thoughts i'm out of here it's like everybody has or at least should have hobbies or you know they have things that they're interested in so for me it's playing video games for some people it's okay so you're going to sit down and watch all 162 baseball games in a season for your favorite mlb team yeah absolutely so don't get on to me when you are spending, you know, close to 500 hours watching baseball in a year, in addition to probably the other sports that you're also watching. That is the thing that you like to do. Right. And you, and you might say, oh, but I watch it with my family. Okay, well, I play games with my family or I play games with my friends. So it's really not all that different. It's how you're choosing to use you know, the, the free time that you have. Absolutely. And, you know, and I always say that people will watch football on Sunday. I, I'm guilty of it sometimes too, but three to six hours by the time it starts and it's finished. If I were to sit and just play my PlayStation for six straight hours, somebody's going to be looking at me like, are you crazy? There's so many other things you could be doing. But if you go sit at the bar with your buddies and watch three hours of a football game, like that's totally normal behavior, but really you're still in front of a screen and I don't. I just don't watch TV. I mean, unless it's with my wife. But if I'm on my own, I'll I'll play a game. I just like that media better. Yeah, it's it's so weird that you say that because I feel like I so rarely have the TV on in the middle of the day. I don't have the TV on. I may be sitting at my desk doing work or you know on Twitter or whatever. But I'm not just sitting down in front of the TV watching stuff. My parents do. My in-laws do like my father-in-law will sit down and watch old episodes of Gunsmoke or Matlock or <laughs> oh, the classic you know, grandfather <laughs> or like, you know, the Andy Griffith show. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, we don't really turn on the TV until it's, you know, you know, after, you know, probably during supper time. Cause we're like watching through some shows or, yep. you know, after that, when it's like, okay, we're just going to sit down in bed and we're just going to chill. Yeah. But Yeah. Hey, we're we're a modern forty year olds, you know. That's oh, how yeah. it is. It's it's a modern. It's it's not your dad's forty. So the next, what you need to do next time is you need to go out with a group of friends to a sports bar while they're watching football, and have your Steam Deck and just play <laughs> your Steam Deck or your Switch. And then if they say, I "Can't believe you're still playing video games," I can't believe you're still paying overpriced. You're paying for overpriced beers to 
watch a football game for right. three hours. Yeah, exactly. I do that anyway. Most 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 of my like close friends they know because it's it's a big it's a big hobby that I talk about a lot. And I always try to gauge people. Like I can tell. I actually met a friend of my brother's who streams on Twitch, and he lives in uh, Massachusetts, where my brother lives. And we once we once we kind of knew that we were like making that eye contact, like oh you know, <laughs> like we know each other, you know. And so he wanted to talk to me about that stuff, and I wanted to talk with him about it. And my brother's like the heck you do because my brother that i'm talking about this particular one he is not into gaming at all hmm. he's just he's the too many buttons you know and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> well if you start if you start small you'll figure it out eventually he's just not that kind of guy and and i don't you know i don't judge anyone for yeah if they're not into it fine but you got to understand that especially in 2024 it's just as common as television at this point and it's not weird to do if you're a middle-aged man because they, they're they they're growing with us. You know, we were the original gamers that started out as kids yeah. and they were catered to kids. But games are growing with us as we get older. There's people our age making them that are making them for people our age. And it's just it'll keep going that way. Keeps your brain yeah, sharp, I mean, too. Yeah, I think back in the day it was, you know, this is a medium that is just for, you know, mainly boys between you know like eight to 15 or whatever it's like okay well graphics improve make the games a little bit more mature we're trying to you know keep the older gamer but yeah when you start gaming like in the mid 80s or even earlier depending on what you were playing on and you're still in there because they're still making games that you're into now i guess there's there's that that challenge of okay we got to make games for a younger audience but also for the older audience who is still with us. So you're having to like really expand what, what you're offering, because if you're trying to make games for the more mature gamer back in the day, they were really weird games <laughs> like pseudo porn or, you know, leisure suit. <laughs> Larry. Larry. It's like, yeah. we're, we're trying to get the mature gamers. Like nah, you're just, you're just trying to find an outlet for your perviness. That's what you're doing. My we dad was, nascar 2002 on his computer with a flight joystick and he would play that for hours he would set up you know my dad's kind of like he's he's a logger he's very rigid rough you know kind of a guy not big on computers or technology but he had this one setup that he would go to (laughs) on his free time and he he'd set up these whole nascar races that were like full length he'd pause it come back to it a couple days later carry on do all the pits so like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how that he, he kind of did that in a side room. You know, he felt guilty about it, but now I don't. You know, I, it's making me think about my father who, you know, for as far back as I can remember, he's had this little side business of selling uh, model cars, you know, like the 124th scale, you know, glue and paint kits. Yep. And I used to, have I used, to go, used to go to shows with him to help him sell. Hate it doing it because you get up at three o'clock in the morning to drive four hours to set up for an hour to sit there for eight hours to then tear down and drive another. It was not how I wanted to spend my Saturdays as a kid, but he still does that. And that was one of his outlets for, you know, getting out and meeting people. And he had a lot of friends that were into it. You know, these are, they would have been like our age when I was a kid. Right. You know, and there was a time that there were, my dad 
in our basement, there was a slot car track. It was eight lanes wide Ooh. for these um, cars that were, I don't know if they're 124th or they might've been a little bit smaller, but his buddies would come over and I, and I still remember the layout of it and the twists and the turns and, you know, each of you know me and my siblings, we had our own cars with our names on it and yeah, that's what he did. And he went over to a friend's house who had a scale quarter mile strip dra- drag strip in his basement. And so oh, they would bring their slot cars over. He had the timing lights and everything. And they would, Oh, that's great. You know, when they would go green, they would just like blast them. They had pillows set up at the end. I'm like, this is like what his hobby was, what he was into when he, you know, when he wasn't being a dad, when he wasn't being uh, you know, an employee right. or being a husband, like, Life's for enjoying, man. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't I think it's cool playing video games, but it's, I ran into the issue of like finding people around me that do like video games. Right. Cause like at my work, no, I do not have coworkers who are gamers like me. Right. Fortunately, my wife's best friend has a husband who, you know, does play games, mainly PC. Yeah. Um, and my sister's husband, um, he plays games. So like, you know, I've seen the things that he's posted about Skyrim and how many hours he has in Skyrim <laughs> or Starfield. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's nice to have, I guess, to have people that you can converse with about that. Yeah. And aren't looking at you with like four eyes, like what is wrong with you? Yeah. But I mean, it's, it does kind of get into, you know, know your audience. Yeah, for sure. Like, okay. I'm not going to talk about this with you. If I do mention anything about gaming, it's about, Hey, I saw this really interesting thing <laughs> in this game. It, and it's, yeah. And it might be like, I'm talking with the, the government or the history professor, like, Hey, I saw this mentioned, you know, it's a bit of history when I was playing civilization. Can you tell me more about this? Right. Or, or some teachers are using um, Assassin's Creed the the teaching mode to to show oh, okay. was it Odyssey or Origins yeah. that had that yeah just yeah. to kind of you know go to places let you kind of walk through you know Athens and Greece and stuff like that they're pretty neat I think it's neat I actually have a um, original eight bit Mario tattoo on my forearm that is a conversation starter sometimes where <laughs> people would be like, Oh, Mario. And then you can kind of go off of that. If, if but other people might be like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. I was a, had a book club meeting um, on Thursday and there are half the guys are, you know, they, they play games, not really as, as much as I do, but one of the guys that we actually were at his house and he has a tattoo of a character from the Binding of Isaac on his calf. Oh, cool! I was like, "What?" I was like, can, I, can I can I take a picture of this and send it to my son because my younger son has played hours and hours of that game? And I sent it. He's like, "Cool, Samson." I'm like, "I guess <laughs> I don't know. I recognize the character, but I don't know the name." But yeah, I was like, "That's that's really cool." So you know, just being able to you know talk to this guy about you know some of the games that he's been playing. You know, he's got you know he's got a Switch and. He's like all digital now after his, he, his switch got stolen. His like his whole backpack got stolen and it had his physical game. So it was like, he lost all that stuff. So now he's like, I'm just, I'm just doing, you know, digital. Yeah. I mean, I know, 
I know Mike is vocal about that, but I'm I'm all digital at this point. It's just easier and easier to access your stuff and your saves and you know whatever cross play systems, cross saves, all that stuff. It's easier. I get the the wanting physical stuff, and I I hope I know there are some companies like startup companies that are putting these digital games on some kind of physical media and selling it like third party type of a thing. So hopefully that is something that will rise out of this, that will let the physical people have their stuff. Yeah. I I think for me, it's just knowing that I have, I have something there and hopefully it'll work on future consoles with or without an update because you should never know. But I actually have something versus the digital where, okay, this is much more, it's much more temporary. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be there. Now, I will say that I feel like with Xbox, there've been several generations. And as long as they keep doing the backwards compatible with your digital purchases, I think it's going to be really great for that ecosystem. It's, I've had Steam for since 2008, so 15 years. Oh, yeah. And all my games are there that I've bought even back in 2008. I could go and download them and play most of them. If there's one that's been delisted and taken off, I wouldn't know because it's not one that I've been interested in playing. But I think my first yeah. my first game ever was Ris- Risen 3, which is kind of like a action RPG, like medieval kind of game. And that's still yeah. on there. I could download it and play it. Yeah, I think that I think Steam is a is a great, you know, they they do a great job with that. Um, I don't know how well that works on the PlayStation side, and we'll just have to wait to see with the successor to the Switch if they do any kind of backwards compatibility or if they will let you bring along your digital purchases. I would like to think that they are aware enough to know, hey, if we do this, we'll be able to more easily keep our current customer base. WNDs. Oh. Weird Nintendo decisions. You never know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I think what, what you should do is we'll make like a pros and cons list about digital versus physical. You know, make yeah. sure you choose the right font size. Okay. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that probably wraps it up for for today. I'm so glad that you were able to hop on. I wasn't sure if anybody was going to be here. No, definitely. Um, I, I know the mornings... And the nights. Some nights are trickier, but mornings are usually good for me. This is a this is a less active time in this house. Well, good. Yeah, um, it was good. Uh, good conversation. I mean, not just talking about games, but everything else. I I found it very very enjoyable. So now I'm gonna have to maybe hold on to that while I go down this you know depression <laughs> hole of trying to edit and figure all that stuff out. It's just a low point. It's like somebody told me once, life is like a heartbeat monitor where you watch it and it's never flat. So just enjoy your low spot. You know, you know, it's going to go back up and get through it. And a week you'll be looking back on it being like, all right, that's behind me. I sure hope so. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, as the old man would say, peace out and trap her on. Get up with Liberace's ghost.